0: going to do it right. I'm going to make this a tag team mess.
1: Tag me in, brother. Hey, what's up? Oh, you know, not much. Slow week in terms of wrestling really news. Really slow last couple of weeks. Absolutely nothing going on. Feels like, a, like you know, in
0: wrestling world, on Saturdays it's always really slow. Yeah. It was a lot of Saturdays.
1: There were a lot of Saturdays. A lot of Saturdays. The big news, of course, Shanky. Uh, Yeah, what What about him? Uh, Did he do something that I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Who, who is Shanky, by the way? <laughs> Which one is he?
1: Uh, this is episode three, all about Shanky. All right. I, I got <laughs> nothing. Uh, he had a match against. How uh, do you know this? Against Drew. How do you know that? <laughs> you don't even watch, I don't watch Monday nights. No, I don't. Nobody does. I, I, I know I don't.
0: Um, but we might watch it tonight for a particular reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So so let's just cut the bullshit. Okay. Nobody cares about Shanky. Sorry, Shanky, if you're listening. His mom's yeah. listening. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Shanky, you're no Spanky. I'll tell you that much. Okay, Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick. Got the reference. So, here's the story. Um, WWE is firing everybody. <laughs> Everyone is gone. Yeah, every See? every everybody who's not nailed down is out the door. That's like a liquidation sale thing. You know? Yeah, it's insane. It's. I wish I had the
0: numbers because I'm sure someone's compiled the amount of. Uh, announce, release talent in the
1: last, I don't know, 16 months or so. It's It's been absurd. And the names are surprising. There is precedent for the mass exodus of talent, right? Mm-hmm. And it used to be post-WrestleMania, we would do, by we, I mean me and my colleagues in the uh, the WWE sure. Human Resources Department or Talent Relations or whatever, right? But used to be they would clean house post-WrestleMania. And you would be able to tell who was on the chopping block because it was whoever was warming a seat and catering, right? It yep. was gonna be your JTGs, it was gonna be your Kurt Hawkinses, your Heath Slater's, and no disrespect to these guys. But you could tell. There was very rarely a surprise. Once in a while you would get somebody like a Kurt Angle sure. who got released while they were being used. And but there were always mm-hmm. extenuating circumstances yep. where we find out that Kurt Angle got released. But it was because he refused to go to rehab. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not like we're just gonna fire Kurt freaking Angle for no reason.
0: No, uh, it was always like you said. Your JTGs, your your Primo. Well, actually, Primo and Epico somehow stayed on the roster for like twenty years. It was wow. way too long. But those level of guys, it was never surprising. Uh, as you said, they they were in catering. But you know, every WrestleMania. The spring cleaning. Yes. It happened.
1: And for a while, actually, a couple of years ago, they weren't releasing anybody. No, including people who asked for it. Well, once AEW became a thing, they sort of went into panic mode and decided that they were going to lock up as much talent as they wanted. There was a war on, right? Yes. But they're not competition, according
0: to a certain chairman of the board. Right, right,
1: right. They're They're not competition. But... In, like, 2019, once AEW became a thing, Mm -hmm. they started hoarding talent. And suddenly, people that you might think would have been in that position, Arusev, for example, who asked for a release Mm -hmm. years and years ago and didn't get one, Luke Harper, who Mm -hmm. asked for a release and didn't get one, They seem to not want to give ammunition to the not-enemy in this not-war. Sure, sure. Things have changed. Now, it is not just the case that people are apparently just being released left and right. It is people who you thought would be safe. And we're not just talking about guys that seem to be on an upswing. We're talking about established guys still in their prime who are... Former world champions, I would say Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman would be considered Kurt Angle tier, right?
0: For their gener- generation, absolutely. I would, yeah. I would say that. Yeah, because
1: in 2006, Kurt wasn't John Cena, no. but he was a, a multi time world champion, had pay per view main events a, to a fe- his name. A featured act on the show. A featured act, and somebody who was going to be, yeah. you know, they're going to go to him to plug him in. Yeah. Braun Strowman, in fact, was that guy a number of times. When Roman Reigns got sick, he was plugged in against Brock. Last year's WrestleMania, he was plugged in against Goldberg.
0: This year, he was with Shane, the boss's son.
1: Yeah, so very clearly, this was a guy who you would assume was, if not a lifer, an extremely -er long-tenured-er guy. Bray Wyatt, similar pedigree with... You know, much more of a total package. He's a he's a promo. He's a gimmick. He's a third generation wrestler. Sure. Also gone.
0: And this happened. We're recording this on a Monday. On, it I was the a sec- Monday day like any other day. Foreigner. I am a foreigner. I <laughs> uh, don't know that band. I assume it's a band. Yeah, Foreigner. I know Journey. Is that like kind of the same wheelhouse? Absolutely the same. Chicago wheelhouse. is that? Chicago he's a One name band.
1: Survivor. The show. Um, Survivor Series, yeah, the series.
0: Uh, so this is Monday, August second. Bray Wyatt was released two days ago. Sat, well, it was now two days ago. Uh, Saturday the thirty first. Is that how that goes, days? Yes. Um, total su- surprise. We were gonna record this yes. on Saturday at one p.m. and uh, it was change of plans. And Bray Wyatt happened to be released like five minutes before we were gonna.
1: Yeah, and then today. Before we could record, Rick Flair, the fucking nature boy. Yes. The dirtiest player in the game, the the, the jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. You know, Dean is the
0: man of a thousand holds, uh, Flair is the man of a thousand divorces. <laughs> <laughs> and a thousand releases. He's gone. He is a G-O-N-E. Last night, I'm up, right? Yeah. I can't sleep, i a lot of my mind. Somebody's, somebody's coming back. We'll talk about that guy soon. I'm up around 1, to 2 a.m. Go on Twitter. And uh, Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp. Uh Apparently, Adam Cole. NXT, Adam Cole. Uh, baby boy. Uh, baby boy. Well, not my baby boy, but yeah, someone's baby boy.
1: Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels, baby boy. Their m- beloved son.
0: Mini HPK. He, apparently, uh, has been working without a contract... Since sometime in July, and it is now August 2nd, he's in a, Apparently, he's giving them his word. He'll stay on for about a... till the end of the month, survive a SummerSlam. And then, he will reassess his options. That's a... There's a quote from the... From the report, which has been corroborated. Uh, so, Adam Cole, whose buddies happen to, like, own a wrestling company... Yeah. Is... Is... And uh, he could leave today. I mean, he doesn't need to actually do anything unless he signed a...
1: like A temporary extension. extension. on
0: paper, right? I guess. But, yeah, so that was released last night around the time they said. And then, followed up with Raj, Geary, Russell Link, whenever, that there's a big name that requested their release and was granted it. So, two inter- interesting wrinkles here. We went from people being released who... May, may, may not have asked for the release. We went from people who wanted the release and never got a release to people being released and then guys like a Ric Flair, Adam Cole, in some sense, uh, Brian Danielson, who opted to, to either not resign or, or request a release. And, you know, something's happening. And... You know, as much as WWE says AEW is not competition, which is insane, something's going on. And I'm, I'm, interest is piqued. So let, let's get, let's get to the heart of the matter here. Uh, several months ago, there was a big shakeup in well, WWE headquarters.
1: Well, the heart of it is, what is this episode about? Defections. People Defections. leaving. Signing coups. Jumping Coops. ship. Coops. 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 It's a, it's about big names jumping ship. Yes. It could be releases. It could be contract expirations, secret expirations, clerical errors, clerical errors. Somebody's job is to make sure that Adam Cole is under the fuck of contract.
0: Your top guy besides the champion. So no one knew. <laughs> the, I mean, the Adam Cole stuff is crazy. Okay. To your point, these are this is about defections. We'll get into that. But Adam Cole, okay, a year ago, you remember this? I think it came out that Adam Cole, Adam Cole's contract was allegedly coming due. Uh, it ended up not, not being correct, maybe. But right. That he had quote unquote re-signed a deal. Yes. This is around the time of a takeover. Uh, I forgot which one. And people thought, okay, so he's under contract for three years, I guess probably, and then. I don't know who made that up. Someone someone lied, or I don't know what happened, but uh, it, it wasn't happening. He's he's not under contract anymore. Well, it expired.
1: Presumably, this was around the time that Adam Cole lost the NXT title, which yes. he had for a very long time. 400-ish days, Too right? Too long, some would say. Yes. Uh, neither one of us is an Adam Cole guy. I like Adam Cole more than you like Adam Cole. I don't get Adam Cole. Adam Cole's not for me. He likes punk
0: and he likes Shawn Michaels. I mean, how do I not like this guy?
1: Are you saying he likes punk music or he likes Phil Brooks? Uh, He likes a certain other defector. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's a, he's a Phil Brooks guy. Yeah. That's a tease. It's a tease. Right. So he lost the title that he had been just sort of had by default. Sure. For like a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Longer than a year, actually, right? Longer well, something.
0: Yeah. A year. Longest yeah.
1: reign. Longest reign with that title. He loses it to Keith Lee, and then Keith loses it to Karrion Cross, who then loses, who gets hurt, and then Finn Balor gets it, and it's yes. a whole fucking thing, right? Yes. But during that time, I'm pretty sure Finn Balor beats Adam Cole to win the vacant title. He does. So he does. I think what might have started the rumor was this idea that this interminable. Mm-hmm title reign was coming to an end, maybe Adam Cole's leaving. Or going to the main roster. Or going to the main roster. Something's happening with Adam Cole, right? And then nothing ended up happening. And so, did WWE get fooled by whatever they saw online? Like, did somebody see fucking Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter in the office, be like, oh, looks like Adam Cole re-signed, and didn't check their own paperwork? What the fuck is happening? I think that's what happened
0: here. So, there's there's a couple of things, right? I read earlier today that the Adam Cole contract exploration Fugazi, we'll call it Snafu. Snafu lines up in some ways with the recent firing of the of Canyon Seaman who he's he's a WWE guy but he's like primarily like an NXT sort of hire who is like their talent scout. He really like integral in who gets hired and all that, so uh, the article frames it in such a way that uh, this exploration is in some way related to Canyon Siemens firing. Uh, I don't know if it's like he screwed up and so they fired him, if he was gonna be the one renewing it and then he got fired, and so then Adam Cole's not under contract. I don't know. But regardless, Adam Cole is, is working with the, without a deal, as far as we know. I mean, he's got friends in other places. And this episode is about defections, and uh, yeah, I mean, the stage is set for a lot of crazy shit to happen in the next not even
1: 12 months, six months. So, let's talk about this, right? We're talking about times that a promotion, through whatever means, a promotion fails to secure somebody who is valuable to them. Until this week. The most famous examples of this were the ones that occurred in nineteen ninety six from WWE to WCW. Yes. Luger, followed a couple of months later mm-hmm. by Hall and Nash. And also Jeff Jarrett. I mean he's in the time frame, so can't sure. kind of, mention it counts, him, it counts. It counts because of a clerical error.
0: Yep. And and what happened in his, in his departure from uh,
1: WWF, right? Right, and there are so many things that go on here, right? With Luger, it's a clerical error, right? Mm-hmm. This guy is a major part of programming. He's been in world title contention. He's been a pay-per-view main event guy. Mm-hmm. Did not beat Yokozuna for the title, but he did slam Yokozuna. He had the big moment. On the boat? On the, the ship? Yes, was it? the USS Intrepid? I think I knew that. He slams Yoko, even though Crush wasn't able to do it. Let's not talk about crush. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luger is, I think, on a European tour, and becomes apparent that his contract is going to expire. Mm-hmm. He has no non compete clause because I don't think non compete clauses were a thing back then.
0: Well, uh, I wonder they come with the guaranteed contract, right? Because because of things
1: like this. Yes, uh, that was that was exactly my point. Is yeah. that the world that we were living in? Where these things are so predictable and so rote and so contractually obligated comes from the, the times that WWE was repeatedly burned mm-hmm. by the way they did business in the past. Sure. They weren't paying attention to when Lex Luger's deal expired. There was no non-compete clause. Mm-hmm. He was on their show one night and on the next night, brothers on Monday Nitro wearing a pirate shirt.
0: Was that Seinfeld episode out at that time?
1: <laughs> who inspired who? Who's the third man? <laughs> it's Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, he probably is the third man. So Luger, it's a situation where they weren't paying attention. There was no non-compete clause. And it allowed him to show up. Because I guess at the time, they didn't have serious competition. Right? So they allowed themselves, you know, they left themselves open yep. for a major star to defect. And it hurt. Because this was on the first episode of Monday Nitro their first head-to-head competition of another Mm -hmm. wrestling show with a comparable budget. And on the very first episode, they had a major star defect. It created the perception Mm -hmm. that major stars were leaving WWE for WCW, where the big boys play. Look at the adjective, play.
0: (laughs) Why is Kevin Nash so smart and then yet
1: not? (laughs) He also doesn't fucking... He still doesn't know. Did you see him on the... the um, I or something? No, Broken Skull Sessions. I didn't watch that episode. Where, where Steve Austin asks him, like, mm-hmm. does it bother you that you said adjective? And Nash is like, yeah, man, I know it's an adverb. I'm like, it's not an adverb. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an adverb at no. all, Nash. Kev. Man, well, he it's a verb. It is a verb, maybe, but it's not an adverb. Maybe he
0: just can't talk. <laughs> um, Well, yeah, so Luger, pirate shirt and all... National Literally Hall jumping ship,
1: swings over. Yeah, swings over on a
0: rope like Paul Burchill. Maybe, maybe that's what happened there. Uh, but yeah, so who's
1: first? Scott Hall. Hall is next.
0: Hall is next. Shows up. That's we don't have to go through it. Obviously, I think if you listen to this, you, you know, watch wrestling, you know, Scott Hall shows up on
1: Nitro at some point. But it's a different circumstance, In that circumstance, he is transparent with Vince mm-hmm. that WCW has offered him a shit ton of money and guaranteed money yes Hall and Nash both go to Vince they don't want to leave they like working in WWE their friends are in WWE they know they're protected they know they're secure I had a really bad joke what's that? their
0: friends and Justin Justin Timberlake what's his name Justin Incredible? Justin Incredible he's part of the club yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, I didn't mean to did, did, uh, go off track
1: here they don't want to leave no they but, are well, comfortable yeah. yes they're comfortable They are theoretically in that Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman spot. Yes. That Kurt Angle spot. That upper mid-card main event spot Mm -hmm. where they know they're going to be taken care of. They know they're going to be featured. They know they're going to be making good money. But they're like, hey, these people are giving us more money to do less. We like our jobs here. We like what we do here. Mm -hmm. Just match the offer. And Vince says no. Vince says no and the legend is he says he doesn't give guarantees he gives opportunities. Uh-huh. And the way this shakes out is that a bunch of fucking people leave. Hall and Nash are the big ones, but yes. they lose IRS, they lose the Big Boss man, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. lose Virgil. Yes. His like love. they lose Haku, they lose Barbarian. They lose a bunch of people. They lose Hogan and Savage. Well, Hogan and Savage are already sure, left. Sure. But my point is that they just keep coming. They just Mm -hmm. keep coming. And the perception is that WCW is a better place to work. It's a lighter schedule, it's more money, Mm -hmm. and it's guaranteed money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, the upshot of all of this is that by the end of the Monday Night War, by the end, WWE is making much more money and is yes. the more dynamic place to work. And WCW has presented its own problems, especially for younger guys, non-white guys, who are not getting a chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, get your... Eddie,
0: just say his name, Sonny Ona. <laughs> I was
1: going to say Eddie Guerrero, wow. but okay. I don't know who that is. Um, but those guys fucking leave. And they are... WWE suddenly swings, the pendulum swings the other way, and now WWE is the land of opportunity. Well, let's talk about what happened in WCW
0: a little bit here. They guaranteed money, these big contracts that lured away your Kevin Dash, Scott Halls, and and obviously Hogan's. They end up sort of becoming the downfall, right? Like, there's too much money being spent on people who are not doing anything, or, or for that matter, maybe not big enough draws. And the creative is bad, WWE's picking up momentum, it's a a cascade of a number of things, and then, yeah, as you said, the pendulum swings the other way, and you have the defections the other way.
1: But, crucially, WWE learns the lesson, because suddenly, they've got non-competes. Suddenly, they've got guaranteed money. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the old way of, like, a handshake and guaranteed 10 dates a year, and then money on a nightly basis based on the gate or pay-per-view yeah. or whatever. That's not going to fly anymore. We have to modernize this. Yes. Right? So WWE protects themselves that way. Now, for the last 20 years, they've been going on that model.
0: Yes. And, and in the last 20 years until, what, two years ago? Two there's years not ago. Really, I mean, there's TNA.
1: TNA is not competition. No. As much as Vince wants to say AEW is not competition, TNA was... Absolutely. One of the reasons TNA was that competition, uh, besides like scale and
0: scope, and maybe I mean yeah, talent at times, was like you know good creative and booking and, and fan engagement and, and all those other metrics that you would you would want. And so, you know, in the lead up to AEW, what was happening is WWE or Triple H, we'll say NXT, decides to pillage in my words pillage all of the most popular wrestlers on the indie
1: scene right the joke was he's building his e-fed yeah it right. was it was like uh it's like fucking general manager mode yeah right he wants he's, he's playing wwe 2k19 and he's building his roster and it's a fantasy and he's gonna have kenta and he's gonna have
0: pack pack yes Kevin steen sammy's uh yeah every Yes, he was, like, you know, it was Ring of Honor with, like, a lot more money.
1: Yeah, he's going to sign everybody in the UK. Yeah. He's going to sign the entire country, and sex perverts or not.
0: Well, that's another episode. Um, So, all right. So, uh, prior to AEW even being a thing, this was happening, right? They were getting all the best indie talent. This, timeline-wise, you know, coincides with the, you know... Daniel Bryan gets real hot in 2013, 2014. CM Punk was really hot in 2011, 2012. Um, they become more open to different types of wrestlers, and I think we're seeing maybe the course direction in terms of what they're looking for now. So they hire everybody, essentially. And then, and this is all for, I think, content, right? Like NXT is on the network now. Right. We have a show we need to produce. Uh, a good show. I mean, like, it was one hour, and takeovers were really good. And then, you know, the indie scene still remained hot, which is pretty impressive, considering. Um, and,
1: and it really just goes to show you how deep the indie scene was, because yes. they had had 20 years of nobody, of it not essentially going anywhere. Right?
0: Um, I would, I mean, fair and not fair, right? Like, I mean, Ring of Honor had its moments of being hot with different, you know... Yes,
1: but I'm. What I'm saying is, WWE for twenty years. Well, I guess we can't say for twenty years. For fifteen years, WWE was not recruiting from Ring of Honor.
0: No, it was like, <laughs> but like
1: pulling their teeth, right. to, to sign. And a, occasionally, it would be something weird like Brent Albright is on I SmackDown. Gonna, I was going to say that, yeah, right. Yeah. But it would be weird stuff like that, or like here's low key, like he's going to be on SmackDown. He's going to be so this. You would get. A dribble, yep. right? Fits and starts of very occasional indie guys making it to WWE. Yes. Then, with Punk and Brian, the floodgates open. They justify, in a way, this idea that you can sign indie guys and they can work within the WWE system, mm-hmm. which gives Triple H license to sign everybody who ever worked in PWG yes. or Ring of Honor. Yes. And. The idea being that, down the line, this will be the WWE style.
0: That's... I mean, I think that's the
1: assumption I think that was the idea.
0: Yeah. The problem was, and this gets into the the, the booking and the releases, the treatment of talent, is it never really happened. Um, I think the work rate, if you want to call it work rate, was much more in line with the PWG, because you had Seth and... Brian and, and, you know, uh, AJ. But the, you know, the goodwill from creative and Vince just wasn't really there. So what you end up seeing, and it bears itself out now with maybe not Cole is NXT's there, you build your talents, you get your... Alistair Black, uh, Ricochet, Tamal Champ- Champa, you name it, right? they go to the main roster, and... That style that we were hoping, uh, it was I don't know, what's the word here? Uh watered down, um, made to was was used to serve somebody else. So like Braun Strowman was gonna kill you Ricochet, as opposed to like having Ricochet have a showcase and be and be seen as something more
1: than. I mean, if you think about You know, take yourself back to 2005 or 2006, right? Who were the, like, the quote-unquote IWC darlings, right? The guys, like, at any one time, it used to be, there were, like, three guys who had a reputation of being able to put on, like, a really good match. Yeah. Right? You had your Jerichos, your Benoids. John Morrison, for a long time, had that reputation as a guy. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. There were a couple guys at a time. Now... Like, half the roster, ha- we have the understanding that these guys are special. Yes. The talent depth on the roster that they have absolutely does not line up with how interesting or special the show feels. Right? It's a it's glut. A, it's an inverse, right? The talent's gotten
0: better while the show has gotten, like, is in the doldrums. It's pretty... Right. It, and the, the talents that get released will tell you that, by the way. It's not just people on the internet saying it.
1: And it's 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 a weird, and I'm, we might cut this out, but it's like, back in the day, you have a... You figure out that somebody can hang with a Chris Benoit. Like, Kurt Angles is this good? Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit are this good? Yeah. Like, we're going to put these guys together all the time, right? Yeah. And now you've got this... But on today's roster, you've got AJ Styles, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan until a few months ago, uh, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Alistair Black. Alistair B- right? Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bain. Right? There are so many guys yes. who are IWC darlings, sure. right? Or work rate guys mm-hmm. that. Am I coming down to, on Vince McMahon's side here? Like, can we do we not need this many work rate guys? That's one way of looking at it. I think the
0: other way of looking at it is, well, nobody feels special. Well, they don't feel special because yes, yeah, there's a great number of you know a large number of great workers. Correct, that's true. So you may you need your Bronx Romans and your uh, you know whoever else, right? But to me, the issue isn't so much these guys aren't stars or that they just seem kind of the same. It's well, how are they presented? Right. Like, Ricochet is no different than Cedric Alexander in terms of like presentation. Right. The guys who can do shit and they kind of suck at promos because whatever reason and they're always gonna lose and they don't feel special. Ricochet when he debuted and they can they do this pretty well when they debut someone, uh, not Karen Cross, when they debut someone, <laughs> they make them feel special. We'll talk about Cross in just a second.
1: Then they lose interest.
0: Then they get the three week question, they lose interest, and then Ricochet uh, gets thrown to, you know, in this case, very literally Brock Lesnar, uh, but the proverbial Lesnar. The beast. The beast, who, and then he loses, and then he loses, and then he's off TV for a little bit, and he's back, and then he's off, and.
1: Yeah, and then we see him, like, in a backstage segment in the. Uh... Like sitting backwards in a chair with his little fedora there in the locker room, and it's like, oh, Ricochet's the, still here. But that's the thing, right? So, Ricochet, as
0: silly as he dresses, right? Like, he I would like rather that looking Ricochet as a character, and like, you heal it up a little bit. He's presented as like an arrogant guy who's super talented. That's a character
1: to me, not. That's Ricky Stark's character.
0: Fine, Ricky, Rico, get it? <laughs> um, but. Uh, Yeah, to the point of, like, what I said, like, it depends on how you look at it. It's, there are guys who, yeah, maybe they're not the most dynamic personalities, that's fine. Maybe you don't keep them. Maybe they are just workers. But then, you know, it took them forever to, I'm going to say it took them forever to figure out Sami Zayn. Like, he was a babyface, and
1: then they did nothing with him. And, can can I say, did they figure out Sami Zayn? I think Sami Zayn figured out Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn figured out a way to make this work, but... You had Sami Zayn, the most natural babyface in the world, sure, and the only way he was able to get over is as the most obnoxious heel in the world. Yes. So, I mean, all that said,
0: right here we are. Uh, there, there's a new regime, specifically someone not related to Tony Khan, a Nicholas Khan, a fellow fellow brown man, former
1: former tag team
0: champion Nicholas. Uh, yeah, that's it. Or Nick War. Okay. Also Eugene, right? Um, And it started about a year ago with the pandemic. They they fired a lot of people at the height, I guess the height of the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic. And some of those talents ended up in Impact, but they're not really defections as much, right? They
1: just, they got released. That's right. That's a very traditional thing to happen. Yeah. WWE cuts you know, It's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. They cut the guys who are overripe, yeah. who are overexposed, who they've run out of things to do. And then a smaller promotion like Impact you know, grabs this fruit and attempts to squeeze out whatever juice is left yes. in it. That's what uh, TNA did for years and years and years. Yes. And it's part of why, to this day, they have a bad reputation. Yes. Even though they've been doing much better in recent years. That's what
0: people say. Never I don't watch the show. Good on
1: you, Impact. But... For years and years and years, they would take any WWE cast off. Orlando Jordan. Orlando Jordan. And they would just, desperate to get any little bit of that WWE stink that was still on somebody. Um, they don't do that anymore.
0: As much. They probably also can't afford some of these guys, but fair. They don't do it as much. They're much more focused on their
1: own Right, and the, the people they do bring in, like a rich swan, apparently he's done well for himself. In... An impact. Right? And they're not bringing in fucking everybody who was fired. They brought in Heath Slater. Mm -hmm. They brought in Rhino, who had an impact there. or Rhino, who had a history as NWA champion years and years ago. You bring in Heath Slater because he makes sense. He was in that legendarily underserved team with Rhino back in the early days of SmackDown. Heath Slater makes perfect sense. The Good Brothers doing great in impact okay. makes perfect sense as an acquisition rich swan has done well so it's not like they're bringing on everybody
0: it took them three years to like bring in big cast like it's not like an impact from years ago where cast is let go like the day after mania and then he's in the impact zone three months later you know what i mean like they've learned uh through their management like that's not that's right. not right for that company to, to do that.
1: It's just going to serve to make them look Bush League. Yes. And what they need to do more than anything else is appear not Bush League. Yeah. Especially now because years ago they had the money to not look Bush League mm-hmm. and now they don't. Now they have Bush League money. Yes. But they have, I think, learned their lessons yep. in a way. So, yeah, they're not bringing in everybody. They're bringing in Cass, but they're not bringing in Enzo. They're yep. making sure that this person's not going to Flame out and shit all over their promotion, Alberto yep. Del Rio. Um, so, what happened prior to 2019, or I guess I should say, with the pandemic releases, yes. that was par for the course. They release Kurt Hawkins; he shows up in Impact. That's to be expected. Yes. Then they keep coming. Yes. They release Zack Ryder, who was always over. Hmm. There was always going to be a spot for Zack Ryder, if sure. you wanted Zack Ryder yeah. to have a spot.
0: But so, to your point, the pandemic releases come. In addition to that, Brody Lee, uh, sorry, Luke Harper, the revival, get released. But they're not, they're not part of the pandemic releases. They get released before the pandemic is even a thing. Yes, um, they end up in AEW. So that that's
1: what I would maybe
0: call a bit of a defection.
1: Brody, in fact, shows up on the first pandemic show, Dynamite, yeah, with
0: Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is also on that same show, and he was also had requested Ch- his release. I believe chose not to renew. That's what it was. Jeff did poor Jeff. So yeah, a year ago the pandemic release just happened fine, and as you say, they keep coming, and you know AEW over the last. The year of pandemic shows. Um, they've had quite a few
1: surprises on the show. Yeah. And they have used pretty much everybody that they brought in very well. I know you're not a Christian guy, but I... I mean, I am not a Christian. That's true. Um, well, they didn't bring in a dude named Muslim, so... Well, Tony. <laughs> well, Tony, yes. Tony Khan is like kind of Muslim, right? So they, so they bring in Christian Cage. I know you're not a Christian Cage guy, not a peep, but I think you would be hard-pressed to disagree that they've used the guy well. They've used him better than WWE did in the last fucking ten years or fifteen years, whatever. Yep. They bring in Miro, who's fucking killing it. A Rocky start in the beginning. We have to agree.
0: Kind of a Rocky start in the beginning. Yeah, they,
1: they, it, was, it was a little shaky at the beginning, but they found what works. They didn't lose interest. Right? This is true. They they stuck with it. And made they stuck it with it, they kept tweaking, they kept tweaking. And now he's dropping fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger quality quips every week. That's right. Emo face paint daddy. I'll <laughs> never forget that. <laughs> Only two things motivate me a vengeful god and a flexible wife. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. So,
1: yes, Miro
0: gets, he's part of the initial pandemic releases, I believe, right? Shows up on AEW as the best man. Yes. Uh, Rocky Star, like we said, but he's killing it. Cool. Who else shows? FTR, like I said before, was pre-pandemic. Yes, Sting's deal expired. Yes, and obviously chose not to renew, and then debuted in December of 2020, and he's like he's pretty much on Dynamite like every week. Big show. Big show. Mark Henry both. Vicky. Vic Andrade. Well, Vicky wasn't really under a contract. She was kind of gone for a long time. But regardless, she's there. I mean,
1: I would would say she's a defection in a way. She could have showed up in WWE for the rest of her life whenever they wanted. She would have showed up for the old school Raws and the whatever else. Mm. Uh, Instead, she showed up just once in the audience, like in the front row, on one of those pandemic dynamites. And then she gave that interview and she was like, yeah, I'm not allowed back at WWE. Insane. WWE viewed it as a defection. Whether or not Vicky did, whether or not yeah. uh, AEW intended it to be one, WWE definitely. Well, remember viewed it the as
0: Highlander well. in TNA?
1: Yes, and Robbie. <laughs> High- Highlander. Highlander Robbie got fired by showing up, which fucked up thing to do to Highlander Rory. Is Rory Rowan or no? No, <laughs> they look in
0: my mind similar, right?
1: Are you are you trying all to say the? That... That all, all white yes, that are, ball guys with beards Don't even finish look. that
0: sentence. Yes, the answer is yes. Um, so, okay. Right, so the last year of AEW specifically, because, you know, the other biggest, the second biggest company in the U.S., you're seeing these, like, WWE guys, lifers, Mark Henry, Big Show, Vicky, Mark Henry.
1: Mark Henry's been under contract since 1995! That's a long time. That's uh, 26 years? Yeah, that's a long
0: ass time. And and each of these guys, Big Show or Paul White, sorry, Mark Henry, they do these interviews and they say, "What's going on, Like, Christian?" Too, "What's going on? Why are you know Why are you here?" And it's comes down to a couple things. One, uh, I want to contribute. I don't feel like I was being I was contributing in WWE. Um, they treated me badly, right? Or they got paid obviously, but on TV they were treated like. Jokes like, I mean, there's a joke with Randy now that everyone who's in a segment with Randy Orton ends up getting get the axe later. Yeah. Randy, um,
1: the forbidden door, Orton. There you go, Dorton. Or- Dorton.
0: <laughs> um, you know, they want to contribute, they want to work with young talent, they want to like produce, they want to do all these things. And in WWE, wasn't offering it to them, or maybe offering a name only, and you know, whatever.
1: So, right. it's the kind of thing where. Okay, well, Mark Henry may have twenty-five years of experience doing this at a very high level, but uh, we're gonna send you to uh, like a high school in Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. to give a speech about not bullying people.
0: Yeah, well, Mark Henry, I believe bu- I think this is true. Isn't he the one like scouted like Bianca Belair and Bron- and Braun? Yeah. So, you know, yes, maybe uh, uh, there are things Mark Henry can't really do anymore. But like, it's like it's like the Jerry Briscoe thing. He, he's got an eye. He has connections. He can bring in people. Um, and so fine. The, these old timers show up in AEW. They're not wrestlers. That none of them, neither of them, have wrestled yet. Uh, Henry and Show, but they're there. They're like commentators, right? That's like, cool. Whatever. But then, these releases like don't stop, right? So here we are. Uh, let's say what April is when things really get, like... There's more releases in April. Yes. Uh, I'm getting the timeline wrong here, but... Help me out here.
1: Hold on a second. What's up? I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna go ahead and, and read the list. All all 42 wrestlers released in 2021. Lars Sullivan, The Big Show. Steve Cutler, Andrade. Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Samoa Joe. Kalisto, Mickey James, Chelsea Green. Tucker... Bo Dallas, Mojo Rawley, Wesley Blake, Kavita Devi, Jessamine Duke, Vanessa Bourne, Skylar Story.
0: Uh, that's Brandy Lauren. Uh, I am a guy who likes women, mm-hmm. so Brandy or Skylar and Vanessa Bourne are very attractive women. Oh, yeah, I hadn't,
1: I hadn't noticed. Thank you for pointing it out. Oh, they have photos. Yeah, oh. uh, Ezra Judge, who is apparently an NXT. Developmental guy. Alexander Wolfe, Velveteen Dream, Braun Strowman, who's the big surprise, right? Mm -hmm. Braun Strowman, when that hits in early June, it's like, uh, apparently anybody can get released. Mm -hmm. Lana.
0: Oh yeah, Lana's gone.
1: Bud Murphy, Al Black, Mm -hmm. Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett, Fandango, who's with them for seemingly 20 years, Tyler Breeze, Tony Nese, Aria Devari, August Mm -hmm. Grey, uh, the Bollywood Boys, Kurt Stallion, Arturo Ruas, Marina Shafir, Killian Dane, Matt Martell, Chase Parker, and the two yesterday, Bray Wyatt, and Rick Flair.
0: Daniel Bryan is somewhere on that list. You didn't mention him necessarily on that? No,
1: uh, I didn't mention him. Because he wasn't released. Because he wasn't released. But he's not there anymore, guys. He is not there anymore.
0: Alright, so we did this podcast. We come up... I wanted to do a CM Punk podcast because I'm mentally ill. And then...
1: Well, surely we will do a CM Punk podcast. Well, yes,
0: but the the, the impetus was Punk and Brian. So, on June 21st, July 21st, sorry, um, comes out that report, right? Around noon, Fightful. uh, CM Punk is in talks to return. AW is the likely landing spot. No more details than that, just that's what it is. I lost my goddamn mind. You've, yes. been, you've been waiting for this. Seven and a half years.
1: At least once a week. Once a, At least? You text me. Twice a day. <laughs> you text me, and you're like... He said best in the world. He said yes. best. <laughs> uh, uh, they're going to Chicago. Right, yes. And I have always told you to temper your expectations because I was there during the first All Out when you were positive the punker was going to show up. He was across the street... He was in the bathroom, probably. He was across the fucking street at Starcast and didn't show up. No, so I mean,
0: uh, uh, connecting this to the Lex Luger and and thing because of a Luger, because of like Impact, a TNA. Like when a new wrestling show, show starts, there's like this like I don't know unfounded expectation on the first show. There's going to be something, right? Uh, on Dynamite, it was Hager. Hager. Uh, at Double or Nothing, the first one it was John Moxley, which I thought was going to be CM I was wrong, but whatever. Uh, then All Out was no one. I don't think anyone came out for All Out.
1: Yeah, but, th- I, I misspoke before. I said All Out. I was thinking of Double or Nothing. Well, because, both. I mean, well, but it was All Out because, or no, it was Double or Nothing because Kenny got DDTed onto the the giant stack of of chips. Yes, uh, and then we were all we were both expecting. Mm-hmm. Maybe wrongheadedly that they were gonna they were gonna one up this again for all out and all out wound up just being you know a good show.
0: Yeah, it was long, but so yeah, Ju- July twenty first, this comes out. I'm losing my mind. I text you and I, I'm gonna quote you and say, "Don't get your hopes up," because you've been burned in the past. But yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we'll get to him in. Just a second. <laughs> But so all right, this this report gets comes out and I thought it was slightly different because. All the other times, it's like... It really is just fan speculation, right? Um,
1: Punk posts a story, someone... To be fair, Double or Nothing felt like more than speculation, because he was across the street! All Out was across the street. All Out
0: was across the street. we thought All Out because of Chicago, but whatever. So, and and Punk has uh, talked to them uh, a number of times in his, uh, you know, in his... um, dealings you know in the beginning of aew they talked to him and he wasn't interested for whatever reason and so
1: there wasn't a serious offer
0: yeah fine okay Phil so. uh so fine the the report comes out I text you you tell me what you say <laughs> and I'm like well I think this might have some more weight right and then uh, it gets reported more on and apparently other people know about it not just not just uh, fightful
1: there's that weird report that WWE knows about it and WWE, they're like good take him
0: Yeah, so that came out, and that was, like, an exciting little Wednesday for me. And then Dynamite at 8, I log into Twitter, or someone texts me, maybe you, I don't know, and it's Daniel Bryan is is, is, uh, confirmed, whatever, uh, uh,
1: expected. It's, It's not the All Elite tweet. No. But it is, sources say that Daniel Bryan has apparently signed a deal.
0: Yes, so... In a span of like seven hours, AW have at the very least the names Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson. I said I said Punk and Bryan. I fucked that up. Punk and Bryan associate with their company, and no one's denying it. No one's denying it, and and all the people you would you go to your Meltzer's, your your whoever's are yeah, like and, and
1: Meltzer's like yeah, it seems like it's something.
0: It seems like it's something. And he's not like it, Meltzer does the same where he, like he knows things and doesn't say it.
1: So like that's happening. Tony Khan gets interviewed by the New York Post last last Wednesday, and yeah. they ask him straight up, "Are you bringing in CM Punk and Daniel Bryan?" And he's like, "Can't comment, but that'd be pretty dope, huh?" Essentially, yes.
0: No comment, but those are those are really good questions and uh, really exciting rumors going out going around.
1: So, and he tries to spin it, and he's like, "It just goes to show you how hot AEW is and yeah, whatever yeah. else, right?" So, really very masterful yes so this was about two
0: weeks ago this report comes out um it was a Wednesday you know these things corroborate right more people are saying whether or not they're you know legit people but like you know yes it's happening it's 100% confirmed all these reports again no one's denying like if you're gonna deny it you need to deny it at that point because the the it's like a wildfire it's right. getting bigger and bigger and bigger?
1: I think they learned from the Christian thing, yes. where I wasn't disappointed because they teased a major signing. Yes. They promoted on pay-per-view that a major, major yeah. new star would appear. Yes. And I wasn't disappointed because I love Christian, big-time peep. You're not a peep. Mm-hmm. You felt like you were bait-and-switched. One million percent. Because they said a surefire Hall of Famer, I think Christian belongs in the Hall of Fame. Okay. But a lot of people worked themselves into a shoot, brother, thinking that it had to be either fucking Phil or Batista.
0: He's Brian wasn't around.
1: Brian, Brian was still under contract, that, yeah. right. So, a lot of people got a little upset because Christian, I will admit, has never been a CM Punk. I love Christian. Never as big a, big a star as CM Punk. This time... He's a peep, but he ain't a punk. Yes. yes. So this time they're not doing that. They're not promoting it too hard. They're letting the rumor circulate. Yeah. And I think they're in a way Punk is having fun fomenting the rumors himself because he did He's done a lot of things. Let's Let us they are promoting things around the debut of CM Punk, yes. right? They they Announce that they have trademarked or I don't know if they announce it if they leak it or if someone just breaks the story that they have trademarked the name First Dance for a wrestling show. Mm -hmm. First Dance of course being a play on the the last dance Michael Jordan's legendary last Mm -hmm. season with Chicago Bulls CM Punk being the legendary Chicago wrestler guy. They announced that they've done this.
0: So let's... let's they let's, know there's a...
1: We now know there's going to be a major wrestling event called First Dance.
0: Well, okay. So, yes, we know that now. First Dance was trademarked, and like, people are like, what, what is this? We, we all assumed it was a show, and it, it is a show. We'll get to where that show is, is being held. <coughs> yeah. So... North area. So, so... <laughs> my... If I'm going to get the timeline right here. Wednesday, it's, uh... The report. Thursday, Because uh, I follow Mr., Mr. Brooks. He, uh... He does this thing where he posts the music. Serious. Serious by the Alan Parsons Project, I think.
1: Yes, which I did not realize was a basketball thing. I just knew it as Ricky Steamboat's. Yes. I'm... Ricky Steamboat's legendary theme song, which is replaced on the WWE Network boot. Yeah. But yeah, Punk has been doing shit like that. He's strategically following people on Twitter. He
0: doesn't follow any, but I mean, he follows people. But he doesn't, he doesn't follow wrestling people,
1: right? So no, but his his exodus from wrestling was so complete that he stopped following all of his wrestling acquaintances and yeah. friends. And now, slowly, he's refollowing people. He followed TK. Uh-huh. He followed the Bucks, right?
0: He may have always followed the Bucks, but. I mean, the big ones are Tony Khan, Uh Tony Khan, MJF, Uh Britt Baker, Vince, WWE's (laughs) getting followed, AEW's getting followed. So, like... Punk is having fun with this. He's... Oh, wait. Okay, wait. This fucking idiot. He uh, does that. So, he's following people. People are noticing. Clearly, he's aware that people are noticing. uh, Like I said, he posted that video of just a black screen with the song. I picked up on it instantly. Yeah, you thought it was Ricky uh, Steamboat.
1: I, I figured it was wrestling related. Yeah. I didn't realize it was Chicago related. Um, Chicago. And that
0: Chicago. He, uh... Today, on on Monday, he posts two photos of different Chicago sports arenas. And not the one... Not the where one that he's The first dance is... Yeah. Um, he has not been relatively radio silent on social media. He hasn't tweeted. This guy doesn't, as you know, likes to get mad at people on Twitter. And yes. Miss. Um... He's been really not saying anything on Twitter, which is, you know, I think uncommon for the guy. And so you have the punk stuff, right? Which is, for me personally, very exciting because the guy's been gone for so long. Um, wait, wait, wait. Darby. Vince. WWE's <laughs> getting followed. AEW's getting follow- followed. So, like. Punk is having fun. So, last Wednesday. Yes. United, so, AEW had teased a week before. There's a, a, a big announcement that Tony Khan has for the following Dynamite. So, the 28th, last Wednesday, uh, it's the other Tony, Shivani, who promotes, hey, the first dance is a new live event. It's Rampage, and it's going to be in Chicago at the United Center, which is where the Bulls play. It can hold for basketball like 23,000, I believe. It's a pretty big uh, uh, venue. So... They announce it. It's (laughs) they cut to the audience as they're chanting. Yeah, like mouthing their words. They're not shying away from it. This isn't WWE. They want you to see it, and then they immediately go to the back. My favorite backstage announcer, Alex
1: Marvez. Alex Marvez, he of the he of the very stressed (laughs) blazer button.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's with Darby and Sting. And, and it's like, hey, Darby, like, uh, just announced we're going to Chicago for Rampage at first dance. What do you think? Darby says we'll be there. And then uh, talks about how he's he's been around a lot of people who thought they were great. And uh, says something else, because I, I black out at that point. <laughs> and he says, uh, you know, if you're great, you come to AEW. And uh, even if you think of yourself as the the best in the world. And there's this shot. I don't know if you saw You saw the fucking clip. There's two things that happen. The camera zooms in into Darby when he says it. Which, I mean, whatever. And then like, Sting looks up at the, at the, uh, at the camera. Marvez, this is like weird side glance into the, uh... Like somebody farted, yeah. Yeah, probably him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, and then the commentator, well, some of the commentators playing it off because they announce it. Tony goes back to the, uh, the booth and JR, well, Excalibur's like, ho, (laughs) ho, ho! what what
1: What's Starby talking about? And JR's like, well, you know, like, uh, get on board, guys. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was actually, I know you're not a Jim Ross guy, but I thought he handled that really, really well in a very, very classy way where he essentially said, like, it's happening. Get on board, we're hot. Yeah. And and here's how
0: you know we're hot. Yes. Right? And then uh, there's the funny line about, like, people in Charlotte being really excited about Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Darby essentially, by all accounts, confirms it. No comment really confirms it anyways.
1: Yes. And this is probably just a minor thing in, mm-hmm. in, you know, the the history of this whole thing. But punk... Probably about a year ago now, when P- and people are always pestering CM Punk about when he's going to come back to wrestling and yeah. who he wants to work with in wrestling, and he says basically Darby Allen is the person, like the one person he wants to work with. I think there were a couple other names, but Darbs was the tweet. Darbs was the first person he wanted to work with. So he
0: primarily named AEW people. Let's also like talk about it's not just Darby Allen. It's it's Hobbs. It's Starks. It's King. Like. He's said nice things about Kingston which is crazy because Eddie Kingston as you know has ever been to therapy.
1: Um, no, he went to therapy once so oh, sure.
0: he thinks he's got it. But like to your point though like Punk does get asked all the time if you were to return who would you want to work with uh, and you know his whole stance is like I've been in WWE I've like wrestled most of those guys I'm not really interested in that. He's name dropped Osprey. he's named uh, name dropped Darby, Hobbs all these people so There is a sense of, like, okay, this guy's watching wrestling. Right. And specifically, watching AEW. Otherwise, like, why are you naming people that you wouldn't be watching? Right. So, you know, this is not a complete surprise that he's back in wrestling. But for a guy who's been gone for seven and a half years, it's, like,
1: big. For a guy who was legendarily done with wrestling. Yeah, For a guy who as a matter of public record, Mm -hmm. cut out all of his wrestling friends. And including some people who have gone on the record as being like hurt and confused by it. Yes. Mick Foley was one of them. Paul Heyman was one of them. Mm -hmm. Kofi Kingston was one of them. Cole Cabana was a different situation. But a lot of people who were pretty tight with Punk were like, yeah, man. He just didn't want to be...
0: Yeah. just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Right. And so, you know, this podcast about defection, so... Punk showing up back in wrestling like in a proper wrestling setting is is big news because it's big news.
1: It's been the biggest news story in wrestling since CM Punk left. Honestly. I would say it's the
0: biggest news since AEW formed, but I, I Well, yes, with
1: the exception of the formation of AEW, nothing has been a more buzzworthy, like no story has refused to die more than the hypothetical CM Punk return. Yeah. Like it flares up a couple times a year. Mm-hmm and it flares up not from fans because you talk about something like the Cena heel turn which has been you know discussed you know ad nauseum to fucking death yeah. but the CM Punk thing there's there have been things right there's starcast there's the fact that he showed up at that guy's indie show in a mask and hit somebody with a GTS he went to WWE backstage yes like CM Punk has been orbiting Mm -hmm. the wrestling world and 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 as someone
0: who is obsessive right clearly i've got problems uh you know i try to read the tea leaves foolishly many times but you know at some point and it was and if you follow what he's been saying since he left there is a shift there's been a shift in how he talks about wrestling and he it's annoying is that he's like, I thought I've always said this. Like, nah. Now nah, you haven't. But no, no. You said... I'll never go back. Ever, ever. I hate it. Yeah. Wrestling is done. That's in the past. I don't... Right. Know. Yeah. So, he can say what he wants to say, but... Yeah. So, the the, the tone shifted. Their conversations had in 2019. Probably 2018 for all, all in, but
1: 2019 at the formation of AEW. Right. The text was probably sent. The quote-unquote, the text okay. yeah. was probably 2018.
0: Yeah. So, AEW's history, right, is the guys they hired and the one guy they couldn't get. And that's Puck. All in, they wanted, I'm sure, Brian Danielson, because he, I don't think he was actually going to be free that day, because his contract ended, like, the day after, but they had renewed it, and so he wasn't going to show up. So, both these guys, both these guys, both these guys, <laughs> you know, three-ish years later, are they're coming in to a company that's red hot so wcw had blue girl on the first show yes aw had hager which is like whatever but here we are post-pandemic and the first post-pandemic show if i'm going to get it correctly your boy on anderson's in the ring lights go out let's go back on it's it's uh tommy end it's malachi black Rumors that day, right? Hey, I think I may have sent you that, right? Yeah. Rumors that he may be there tonight, but nothing confirmed. Which they essentially just do again a few weeks later with the pump rumors. Like, it's a Wednesday, comes out. So Malachi Black shows up. Great reaction, the audience is back. It's been going pretty well, right? Andrade shows up before,
1: before. Black, yeah. Um, he shows up same night as, as Mark Henry.
0: Which is I think port, it was a weird a weird portaling weird debut. Yeah. They get some music, there's like yeah, it was not great. But Andrade's there. Alistair's
1: there. Um Miro feels like he's fresh because he's on this yeah. he's on this tear. Miro's hot as fuck. Hangman
0: hey on fire. MJF. MJF on fire. there's more New Japan integration for you know
1: Fucking Tanahashi's showing
0: up. Tanahashi was on Dynamite last week. On in a video, but he was there, and then, fucking, it's the, their, I guess I don't know if it's their WrestleMania or not, but it's All Out season, and then you've got these two guys, and so, why is this? Why is this important? Why are we talking about this?
1: You tell me. We're talking about this because this is these are lessons they were supposed to have learned, twenty five years ago. Yeah, they were supposed to be keeping themselves safe from this by instituting this level of bureaucratic red tape to prevent anybody from hurting them by showing up on another show. Whether that's just an unpleasant surprise like Luger, or it is an announced thing like the Outsiders, but who are still now going to be playing for the other team, or whether it's... Somebody maliciously taking advantage of you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like Jeff Jarrett. So, all of the fucking contract bullshit, all of the talent relations bullshit, all of this was supposed to prevent this from happening. And now, when the chips are down, and there is a serious contender, we find out that, uh, as Chris Jericho might say, it's a sloppy shop. Was that Taz? What's that? It was a Taz. No, it was Jericho. Because he called WWE a sloppy shop because they've had like 13 COVID breakouts. Okay. Okay. Um, But, yeah, we find out things like Aleister Black got moved up to the main roster, but they didn't update the terms of his contract. So he had a 30-day non-complete instead of a 90-day non-compete. They called fucking Bud. Bud Murphy after they fired him, to ask him what his non-compete was because they wanted to make sure. They fire Samoa Joe, and Triple H has to call him back the same day to rehire him because he didn't want to fire him. They fire Braun Strowman because he's making too much money, and the story breaks that they actually are just trying to rehire him for less money. Bray Wyatt gets released for question mark reasons. He hasn't been on... I mean, it's a bad look, because he's gotten over on his own like ten times, yep. and the last time they gave his character straight up to Alexa Bliss, and then fired him, Mickey James is roasting them about it on Twitter, it's a bad look, it's, we're talking about jumping ship, it yeah. looks like a sinking ship, despite the fact that they're, again, anytime we talk about WWE, record profits. They make a lot
0: of, well, you know, budget cuts, you know? That's budget like, cuts, that's those right. right. So, you know, it's a bad look. I don't know about you, but it's, it's, it's the confirmation. We've all probably thought about this, right? Like, the talent is disposable. You're playing a role. We can recast those roles. You're not that over. We I, know how to make stars, right? Like this, As
1: we, CM Punk would say, just another spoke on the wheel.
0: Yeah. So, here we are. You know, I've mentioned the regime change a couple times here. They're cleaning up shop for some reason. No one, need, no one knows exactly what's happening here. Maybe it's a sale. Maybe it's just the profits thing, and that's just or, or, or rehiring people at lower, lower rates, uh, contract uh, rates, I should say. So, you know, if you're a cow on the roster, again going back to Adam
1: Cole, what job security do you really? has been given to you. Right. I wanted to mention this. Tyler Breeze just today tweeted like listen, I sympathize with people who are like who feel like they're not being used the way they they want to be used, but you know what you're getting into. You know that you're you are being paid very well to essentially be a bench warmer, you know, and you know you have to come to terms with that. And you can't really be mad about the fact that you made all this money to you know, not do a lot. And that, shows that it throws everything into sharp relief, right? Because yeah. the whole idea is WWE is safe. WWE is security, right? You go to WWE, you know unless you really fuck up, you're going to have a five-year run mm-hmm. before they get tired of you and throw you to TNA, right? Now... Uh, And especially in the past, the past couple years, when they were just grabbing onto whatever talent they could get. Mm -hmm. It seemed like everybody was going to get a safe, secure payday from WWE. Now, that was going to run out at some point. Sure. But I don't think anybody expected the bottom to fall out. I don't think anybody expected 42 wrestlers to get released in, you know... 42 that we know of, right? There are some people who... And that's just 2021. That's not taking into account the 2020 guys. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fucking people. So, to your point, WWE, the value proposition used to be they're not going to use you well, Mm -hmm. but at least you know that you'll be taken care of financially. You know that you'll have a good run. That is no longer the case. It seems like nobody is safe, including some tippy-top guys, released for maybe capricious reasons. We don't really know. No reasons given. We don't know that Braun or Bray need rehab or whatever the fuck. They're just gone. They're just gone. Which tells you that, to CM Punk's point, these guys are just spokes on a wheel. The wheel's going to keep on turning. However... AEW is showing that that is not the case. Any talent has value if you know how to present them and if you are committed to presenting them as someone worth watching and worth paying attention to.
0: Who do you think in AEW is the most emblematic of emblematic of that? Miro. You think Miro? Okay. Because I was going to say something different, which was not a guy who's been there, but a, a talent who... You could see them if they were there; they would be nothing. And that, and when I, when I think of that, I think of hangman. I was say Darby. Darby. Darby Allen. He has that joke, right? Where if he was in WWE, they, he'd ha- he'd be like in a boiler room jerking off, because <laughs> right? they wouldn't get him. Like Alistair Black or Malachi Black was there, and he was in a room <laughs> for like. Two, I don't know, a year and a half, whatever it was. <laughs>
1: Asking for someone to fight him? weird, yeah. yeah.
0: And and so we know, like, the creative probably won't be good, but that's not, of course, as we've probably known for a long time. There's talent there. It's a matter of presenting it in a way that maximizes the trick. Their so Miro is killing him. Hangman, hey, if he was in WWE or NXT, I have faith in NXT to maybe... Do him okay. If not, he, but
1: not to the degree that if he's an NXT, he's Cameron Grimes at best. Oh yeah, because he's a cowboy. He's got but I'm yeah. but that's what I'm saying. He's he's got a look, he's good in ring, yep. but he doesn't have the total package that they want. Yeah. Right? We we talked the other we were talking just the other day about MJF. Do you think NXT would sign MJF? And the what we came up with was yes, but they would fuck him up. They would attempt to change the things that work about MJF. Yeah. And you hire an MJF and you you end up with, at best, an L.A. Knight, who I like.
0: I was about to say L.A. Knight is like the the closest comparison to that style of
1: talker, right? Yeah, but it's not even... Cl- and again, I like L.A. Knight. I like Cameron Grimes, but they feel like much more sterile, cookie-cutter versions of these characters. Cartoonish. Cartoonish. Yeah. If... Uh, if LA Knight was in AW, I'm sure I would like it more.
0: I think that's very. I think that's probably <laughs> accurate. Yeah. So these cuts, these defections, or you know, eventual defections, you know, it's it's
1: hurting. Yes. NXT. Well, what I was what I was going to say, and I interrupted mm-hmm. myself, was that this is kind of what this podcast says: we interrupt ourselves. WWE has been handling its business. As if no one is important, and no one leaving can hurt them. Yes. And what AEW is showing is that anybody leaving can hurt you. Even people you would not necessarily expect to be a major turning Because it's all contributing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all contributing to this momentum, yeah. to this moment, to this tipping point. Christian Cage wasn't going to... I love Christian. Christian Cage was not going to be the turning point in this war. But Christian Cage is another 200 pounds on this scale that's tipping and tipping Mm -hmm. and tipping until the perception becomes undeniable that WWE is in free fall. And they won't be able to course correct. Well, they can't because of who's in charge,
0: right? Like, there'd be more faith if, let's say... You know, August second, Vince McMahon steps down, and it's it's Paul Levesque, and and whatever Regal or, or Road Dog or whoever, right? Like they're taking control of creative.
1: Oh yeah, I would be I would be really excited if the Road Dog <laughs> went yeah. ahead with T K. Yeah, good
0: point. Um, so they're in free fall. There's no sign of improvement, and they've been in free fall for a while here,
1: like creatively yeah. at least. Yeah, refer to the last two episodes of what our show.
0: Good point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like Christian's not going to be the, the you know, the big, big, big star that's going to shake everything up. But as you said, he's part of the equation, Christian. And then there's, you know, we named the other guys already. And, and now we're three weeks away from, uh, you know, well, let's also talk about the ticket sales. A.W. has momentum. Five minutes? Five minutes. A.W. has momentum. They have these two big shows, well, multiple big shows in the next
1: month and change. They've got All Out, they've got Last Dance. No, they've got All Out, First Dance, Arthur Ashe, Paul White. A lot of big shows. There you go. And and so, you know,
0: they're going, you know, if everything is, is proven to be correct... They're gonna have the two biggest. I I mean, this is my opinion. I think this is probably fair though. the The two biggest stars of WWE in the last ten years.
1: Well, yeah, Paul White is enormous. He's yeah, one of the biggest exactly stars who I ever. Uh, but yeah, ten years ago, there's no yeah, there's no comparison. We I mean, Punk big, and, and Brian uh, together. This is like this is like Michaels and Bret Hart in the mid '90s. This is as big as Hogan and Savage in the early 90s. -hmm. This is as big as Hall and Nash. This is tremendous. And it hurts more because these were both guys who WWE shunned.
0: Well, they, they, they grit their teeth when they... But they made it known that they didn't want them. No, well, yes. I mean... They finally the got on his wedding day, right? Yes. They, they embatt- they call the guy a virgin. Like there's, you know, a pre- pre- uh, president, uh, president of, yeah, you're here. But you don't deserve to be here. And in yeah, so not only will you know, the audience is gonna know as well. Um, and so here we are, you know, a month out. They've hired, as you say, a coop. They yes. cooped. Uh, Brian Danielson away from WWE who did try to re sign him. They wanted to, him. They couldn't they, get him.
1: They went to they went as far as negotiating with New Japan to try to get to try to allow Brian to work some dates in New Japan. He in the same way that Holland Nash did was like, Hey, I wouldn't mind staying, but here's what I need to stay. Yeah. And for Daniel Bryan, it wasn't additional money, it was I want to work a different style. Yeah. I want to work in Mexico, I wanna work in Japan. I don't want to only work against your guys on your schedule. Mm-hmm. They could not do that, so yeah. Brian's gone. Yeah, he's gone, and you know, so there you go. I don't know defections. Defections, and, and again, I I really want to to highlight this. WWE has spent twenty years insisting both explicitly and implicitly that it doesn't matter who goes where because yeah. nobody's important, and that has turned out to increasingly not be the case and it's just they have they have sewn the dragon's teeth yes right they have they have cast these guys out and probably will have the temerity to be surprised when it bites them in the ass
0: well in a couple of years uh when aew has to renew or like do uh, contract negotiations uh, their ratings if they stay at the rate that they're at and they go up a little bit and they're not that far from Raw Smackdown, so their rights fees, these the way that they get paid in a couple of years, uh, we won't be saying well WWE is the only place with secure money. It's well, there's also AEW that gets however many million a year, so.
1: It's not even just AEW. It's a whole... It's either WWE or the rest of a thriving pro wrestling ecosystem. Fine. No, because that's if fair. you're working at AEW, you're getting that secure money, but you're also getting... You only have to work fucking four times a week. And the rest of the time, you're doing whatever you want. You're going to Japan. You're going to Mexico. You're working the independents. You're working as many dates as you want for however much you're worth. Yep. And it's you know arrogance versus optimism at this point it is sterility versus versus creativity it's this closed system that appears destined for entropy versus this dynamic ecosystem self preserving self energizing self sustaining
0: one's on the struggle bus the other one is thriving and that's what it is. And so,
1: you know, um,
0: we'll see if, if WWE changes their act. I don't think it's happening. But
1: I it, Yeah. The fact is, I don't see, even if, and AW hasn't even gotten here, and this will be my final thought. Yes, This will be my final thought. AW has people, and they're going to, I think they're going to have to start releasing people soon. We talk sometimes about the first round of AW yeah. hires. You're, you're Joseph Janellas, Right. Your your Sonny Kisses. Yeah. Your Peter Avalons, your yeah, these guys. Brandon who, Cutler, right? Well, I mean Brandon Cutler Cut- will just
0: be like in the backstage, yeah. right? But yeah.
1: But there are people, uh Leva Bates, yeah. right, who don't really do anything on the show. No. Right? These people were hired before and Joey Janelle is a really good example because he was gonna be your hardcore guy and then you hire John Moxley and it's like, well, okay Well, I mean you <laughs> You hired Joey Janela, and then you had Jimmy Havoc,
0: and you hired John Moxley. And then, I mean, fucking Nick Gage was there like a week ago. So, uh...
1: But I think it's very difficult to say that there's anything Joey Janela brings to your show that John Moxley does not bring more intensely. 1000%. Right? It's kind of like in NXT when they had Bull Dempsey, and then they brought in Kevin Owens, and it's like, well, bye. Yep. You know, it's like, this guy is kind of doing your whole thing, but better. Yeah. So, Joey Janela... I think, regardless of whether or not WWE wants him, which they may indeed if they continue to, if the perception continues to be that they are hemorrhaging personnel, if AEW releases Joey Janela, I think Joey Janela would probably rather just work the independents than go to NXT. I say this not knowing Joey Janela in person, but I think that will probably be the default. Mm Mm-hmm this idea that you would just take your chances and kind of mm-hmm. ply your trade wherever. I don't foresee this the pendulum swinging back to WWE directly. Something else is going to have to happen radical to that company before... I mean, I, there are still people signing to NXT, but... They're not the same level of indie star that there was, though. No, you have, you have L.A. Knight, who... Again, I like L.A. Knight, but L.A. Knight is a former impact guy yep. who hasn't been on national TV for five years. He's your hot new signing? Yeah, he is. So, again, the pendulum has swung back, and apologies to L.A. Knight. I love your work, uh, but perception is everything, Right. Yep. Perception is everything in the business of pro wrestling, and yeah. the perception right now is that momentum is swinging and swinging inexorably yeah. toward uh, all elite. Yeah, away from WWE, yeah. honestly.
0: So, last last question. We'll this is done after this. Absolutely, we got to
1: see who's who's chanting as CM Punk on on Monday Night Raw.
0: AEW Rampage, first dance. AEW Dynamite. The, the Monday after... Or not Monday, What day is it? Wednesday. So the first Rampage and then the Dynamite after. What is your prediction for a uh, number? Rampage is hard because it's 10 o'clock and it's after... It's on a Friday, you know? But mm-hmm.
1: what do you think? What would be a good number? A good number? For the first Dynamite post-punk, you mean? Post-punk. Is Two million, too crazy. Because they've done 1.5. Th- five. I think two
0: million is is high. Um, I think right their their first show was one point four, one point five, whatever it is. Um, I think that first time in my you promote it all that whatever. I they're, what did they just do? one point almost one point two right so. I'm gonna against go, the Olympics. Yeah, so there's not there's not gonna be Olympics, right? They've been
1: doing over a million against the Olympics, and before that against the, the NBA. Yeah,
0: all right. I think I think a safe number, like on the low end, is a 1.3. I think that's that's easy bar to clear. Yes. I think my actual like this is what I think they're gonna do. 1.65. 1.
1: One point, I was gonna say 1.7.
0: Yeah, um, depending on the news and how well that rampage debut goes in the buzz and all that and i think two million like after smackdown that rampage is right after smackdown you air ads yeah during smackdown and you say uh you know Punk will be the first guy out darby Allen's gonna issue a challenge whatever like there's it may not get all two million but like it should get 1.2 at least on a friday like so we'll see i i think um uh, yeah, I, think, I don't know if these guys are going to be game changers long term, but uh, it's going to go up. The ratings are going to go I mean, the viewership is going to go up. It has to. This isn't, no offense to Christian. This is not Christian. This is you know, the two biggest stars of the last 10 years. So, yeah. All
1: right. This has been another episode of Tag Me In, Brother. We don't have a way to sign off the show yet. We haven't figured it out yet, right? No. All right. This is Big Beef Buff Boy RD.
0: I'm uh, Scott Halal. <laughs> well, we called you. Uh, well, today, we called you Scott.
1: Scott Call. Scott Call. It. Yeah. Um, so, Scott Halal, big beef up boy R.D. Um, Jesus. Uh, Muhammad Hassan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna edit in his theme song. Last time I did the Wolfpack, but this time I'm gonna do the the, the fucking Muhammad Hassan theme. Do it.
0: That's uh. It's what I listen to in the shower. <laughs> Uh and yeah, so uh catch you on the flip side. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna edit that out. No, please don't <laughs>